0: Welcome to the Good Question with Jessica Tanderup podcast. I'm Jessica, and I have a passion for asking hard questions and going deep in conversation. Usually, these discussions happen over dinner or coffee with a close friend, but on this podcast, I bring them to you because I want you to know if you have questions, you're not alone. On this show, I invite apostolic leaders. Thinkers and fellow believers to tackle the tough topics questioners face as we strive to live out our biblical mandate to love God, love people, and take the gospel to the whole world here in the 21st century. I hope you'll stick around because when you know Jesus is the answer, every question can be a good question. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 24. Before we get started today, I want to say a huge thank you to everyone who has responded to our recent appeals for support. We have had new supporters sign on to Anchor and some one-time gifts over on Buy Me a Coffee. We appreciate it so much. Your support means we can continue getting the message of this show out to more people to get them thinking, spark conversation, and let them know they aren't alone. If you haven't signed up to support yet, but you'd like to, you can follow the links in the show notes to buy me a coffee and anchor. This week on the show, I'm chatting with Pebble Wisdom. Pebble is a pastor's wife from Wagner, Oklahoma. She's the mother of four, and she is the creator and host of the Beautiful You Conference for Girls. I invited her on the podcast to talk about the mixed messages girls receive in our culture and how parents and leaders can guide them to walk after Christ. We talk about letting go of our own baggage and embracing the places and people where God has called us to love and lead. And we don't only focus on girls. Pebble also talks about the lessons she hopes boys like her own son are receiving as well. I believe there's something here for all of us, so I hope you'll stay tuned. Here's my conversation with Pebble Wisdom. Pebble Wisdom, welcome to Good Question.
1: Thank you. I'm so happy to be here today.
0: I'm excited to have you on the show. I haven't told you this yet, but whenever we first started making lists of potential guests and potential topics, I wrote your name down right away. Oh, because you're somebody that I've always admired growing up here in the Oklahoma District. And you and your husband have been always active, we were active in youth ministry whenever I was a young person. And. Mm-hmm. So you're just somebody that I've watched and I've admired your ministry and just kind of the way that you carry yourself as a lady and a woman of God. And so I was excited to be able to get to have you on to talk a little bit about some of those things. But before we do that, I want you to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are.
1: Okay, well, that was very nice of you to say that. I, too, have uh, enjoyed watching you grow up, so um, <laughs> I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much for asking. My name is Pebble Wisdom. Um, I have, as if my parents didn't give me a weird enough name that I married a man named Wisdom. Everybody always wants to know where that came from. It, we had it before the Flintstones. My grandmother, <laughs> it, my grandmother is 93, and her name is Pebble And she was named after a Native American friend of her mother's. So Pebble is 93 years old. Um, She's still doing great. But there are four of us. My grandmother is Pebble Joe. My mom is Pebble Lynn. I am Pebble Dawn. And I have a daughter named Pebble Faye. So there's that. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Uh, It gets a little confusing sometimes, but we manage. (laughs) I am married to my husband, Micah. We've been married for 17 years. We have four children, a son who just graduated from high school, and three girls. Twins are 12, and our youngest is 10. Mm -hmm. We've been pastoring um, in the town that, that we're in now. It's the only town we've pastored in, but we've been here for almost 17 years in Wagner. And we just built a new building, and we're very excited about it. God's doing some really great things here in Wagner. Um, one thing that's kind of interesting about uh, mine and my husband's relationship is I won him to the Lord. We've yes, we've known each other since the first day of first grade when he asked me if he could kiss me on the playground, <laughs> <And> I, <laughs> I said absolutely not because obviously I was you know too worried about my grades and being first in line or whatever. Uh, and so I think he kissed somebody else that day, but it all worked out in the end. Oh, that's he amazing. You know, he always tells people somebody was getting kissed that day and if she wasn't going to have that then... day. Oh, that's Anyway, awesome. so I gave him a Bible study uh, after we graduated from high school and that's a whole other story, but he got into church and the Lord filled him with the Holy Ghost and the rest is history. So here we are all this time later, but we, we love working in Wagner. We have the best group of people we think in the whole world here. So God has been good.
0: That's so cool. That's a funny story. I love that. <laughs> uh, your husband makes me laugh. Yeah, he's, he's funny. He's a character. <laughs> Yes, he is. <laughs> um, yeah. We, you
1: know, and, you know, uh, when we started having kids, because my husband was not an easy child to deal with, right, when we were in school. We and, oh. and his teachers all earned their, their money, and I just knew I was going to get a kid like that. But fortunately, so far, they're all pretty, pretty, yet. Uh, conformable children, so. Praise the Lord. (laughs) That's right.
0: (laughs) Uh, We love you, Brother Micah. (laughs) Yes, we do. (laughs) Oh, that's hilarious. Well, you also, since I have left the Oklahoma District and come back, you started a conference for young ladies. And I'd like to hear you tell us a little bit about um, what led you to create that and kind of what it's all about.
1: Absolutely. I love talking about the Beautiful You Conference. And what brought that about was, I, I mentioned to you already that I have three girls. And when they were just little bitty, um, the, the Lord was just sort of tugging on my heartstrings to, to do something like this. Because when I was growing up, and I had, I had a wonderful pastor and wonderful parents and wonderful upbringing. And so this is not a knock on anybody. But I, I feel like a lot of the people from my generation did not stick. With the truth and did not stay in the apostolic movement. And I feel like some of the problem with the girls, anyway, was that it was always just that we were told how to act and how to live and how to be different, but we were never told why. Mm. You know, we were told what to do, but we we never got the why. At least I didn't. And and maybe it was because I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> maybe they were saying it and I wasn't paying attention, but I just felt like it could have been done better for my generation. And so I, I felt the Lord tugging at my heartstrings and I actually, you know, just kept telling him I didn't have time to do this. But I was in Tulsa one day and I was listening to the radio and an ad came on the radio uh, for a a modesty conference that they were having at the maybe center Hmm. of all places. And if you're not from Oklahoma, that's where all things, you know, and the charismatic movement pretty much go down. And, and so they're having this, this modesty conference. And it was like something just checked me and said, listen, if they're doing that, if they know there is value in helping our girls understand their self-worth, and why we act certain ways as a lady. If if they're doing that, then why aren't we we doing mm-hmm. that? And cool. so I I finally listened. And the first one that we had, we actually did it in Wagner and I rented the Civic Center. And I just invited a handful of friends in our section and said, you know, I don't want my girls from my church to have to to come to this by themselves. And so I just sent out a few flyers and the very first year we had 135 people wow. at girls. And so that just immediately told me that there is a need for this um, in our movement. And there is a need for girls to understand the why we're doing what we're doing, because it's all in the word of God, you know, and everything we do, there's a reason for it. And it's all in the word of God. And so we have to be able to explain it. And so that's where it started. And so the next year we we moved it and, and it's just gotten bigger and bigger. And we're up to about 300 people now is, is, is what we typically have. And what we try to do, I, I didn't mention earlier, but my background is education. I have an elementary education degree. And so I love teaching. It's what I'm passionate about, but I like to do it in age-appropriate settings. And Mm. so I think one thing that that may be unique about the Beautiful You Conference that maybe some other um, conferences don't do is that every single class that we have, um, other than the general session, I ask the teachers to have something hands-on that the girls aren't just sitting and listening Mm. I like to have something, you know, that they can take home with them, something they've learned, a takeaway. You know, this is for their mind. Yeah. This isn't necessarily, these classes aren't necessarily to pull at their heartstrings. It is to help them to get it, you know, to to get it in their minds. And so I, I'm very passionate and very Forward about that. I don't. Mm. I don't know if that's the right word. I'm trying to say, but anytime someone is going to come speak, we make sure that they know that this is what we want them to do. So that's what the beautiful U conference is, and we talk about everything from modesty to our hair to bullying, having self worth. Just it, we've had a million topics, but it's something I love to do, and we've had a great turnout. And I will say the Oklahoma district has been incredible. We have had so much help and people come from all over to teach these crazy classes and I don't have any money to pay them. And I tell them (laughs) and, and, and people just do it because they buy into it because it's such a great cause. It's not, you know, the things that we talk about at beautiful you aren't always something that our pastors can talk about on Sunday morning with, you know, guests in in the, in the audience. And so it's just been valuable. And I think pastors, and pastors, wives, and youth leaders have bought into this valuable idea that this is a place where we can go and help our girls learn. And so that's what Beautiful You is.
0: This, we're getting ready to have our eighth year, I believe. So it's been a while. I love that concept of there, there are places and there are, in, in our movement specifically, there are many, many places to go and have kind of an emotional, spiritual experience. Sure. But education and understanding are so important. And I am like you in that I feel like there are things that that like I've I've said the exact same thing that you said, that maybe this was covered and I wasn't paying attention. But there are things that I feel like I just didn't get it. And not even not even only about you know modesty or hair or any just just general Christian living things that as a person who grew up in the church sometimes I'm like how did I how do I still not understand how how to actually do this like how Mm -hmm. do I not understand how to take what I experience in a camp service or a conference service and Mm -hmm. when I'm so I feel it so strongly and then I go home it's like what do I do with that and so I love the idea of a forum for breaking those kinds of things down. Right. Because once you once you have that connection of like I know it in my head and the Lord has pulled on my heart, mm-hmm. it, it's so powerful that you to walk away from it is gonna take some effort because you're connected in two ways to this information. And so I think that's really, really cool. What are the ages for girls that come to beautiful you?
1: So we start at ten and we go up through 18. But the last few years, we have also added a hyphen class, which has been beneficial. So yeah, 10 basically through hyphen. And then another thing that we do for Beautiful You that I I really like is I always bring in an out of, not always out of town, but a special speaker for the parents and the chaperones Mm -hmm. are there. Um, Because I feel like you know, that's our most valuable player when we're talking about teaching these girls. I mean, I can only do so much in one day, but they have to understand what they're dealing with. And and it's hard. My goodness, raising kids in 2021 is hard it and is. we have to get it. You know, our emotions can only take us so far. Um, and, you know, at Pentecostals, like, like you said before, and we're sort of known for, and it's a good thing. I mean, we're emotional, you know, we're exuberant, we're loud, we're we're all the things, but we have to have a balance. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's sort of what we're talking about. So yes, we have all ages, all ages, starting at 10.
0: That's so neat. So yeah, that leads right into the next thing that I wanted to ask you as a parent. So I am a mom. I also have two girls, uh, six and one and a half. And, you know, already as a woman in in the 21st century, the messages that I get about what I should be doing are so mixed, mm-hmm. right? So you have sure. conservative, like majorly conservative Christian circles that would tell you that the highest thing that you should ever attain to is to be a wife and a mother and to stay sure. at home and take care of your home and your kids and your husband and your house. And that's beautiful. And it's a great thing for some people. And I I loved the sure. time that I've spent as a stay-at-home mom with my firstborn for like the first five years, But then the world is also telling you on the other extreme, like, don't throw yourself away. Don't throw your intellect away. Don't, you know, all your potential, you should be pursuing goals and dreams. And, you know, it's 2021 and we have uh, the first female vice president in the White House. Like, and so people are saying, Don't limit your girls. Don't limit what they should be doing. So Mm -hmm. how are we balancing this? Like as women of God who are raising daughters, what are the most important lessons that you feel like you're trying to teach your girls about how to find their purpose and what God has called them to do? Um,
1: I think we have to teach them that it's okay for you to be smart. It is okay for you to be successful. It is okay for you to do all of the things and let God lead you and guide you into a million different things. But you know, we we also have to have to be able to show, uh, you know, this this grace for people who don't agree with the things that we agree with, mm. or, or not necessarily agree with, but the things that we believe. And and I think being able to find that that balance of not taking ourselves too seriously, Mm -hmm. if I can say that, you know, everybody doesn't have to love what I'm doing. Everybody doesn't have to agree with what I'm doing, you know, and I'm talking about worldly circles and very conservative circles. They don't have to love everything I'm doing. The person, the one who has to love everything I am doing um, has given me a, you know, a book and given me a roadmap to search that out and to find it. So I I think to some degree, we have to stop worrying so much about what everybody else thinks about us. Mm. And we just have to raise these girls who are confident, who are humble, who are able to, as I said, give grace and also receive grace when they need it. And I think it's just an invaluable lesson to model, you know what, we're, we're not going to take ourselves too seriously. We're we're going to just take the good and let the bad go and just move on and and just be what God has called us to be. Just walk in the path that He's called us to walk in.
0: Mm, yeah. It's one of those things that I'm, I struggle with myself. And so I I look at my kids and I think, Lord, how do I help them understand this whenever I feel like I'm still, (laughs) still way too hung up on what other people think about what I'm doing or saying or how how I'm living. And it's, it's a hard thing to do. It is hard.
1: And, you know, I mean, to a degree, right, you have to worry about what people think about you because... You know, when you don't care what anybody thinks about you, then you've lost all of your influence. Mm. But we just have to get to the point, you know, like we were saying, this is my life and I'm doing the very best I can. I'm trying to raise these girls the very best way I know how. And I have to answer to one person ultimately, you know, and as long as our families are happy, as long as we're teaching them the word of God and our, you know, our husbands are alongside of us, then... You know, what else can we do? We we have to learn to let that go.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Now, do you find that the way that you approach approach different topics with your girls is different between the three of them? Oh,
1: sure. I mean, they're all so different. I have one who is so stubborn. I mean, she's just like me. <laughs> and she's so stubborn. And I, you know, there are times when my, you know, she and I clash because we're so much alike. And so there are times when my husband and I have this understanding he can give me these eyes like you're you're being too hard on her because I know Mm -hmm. that I can be and so yeah and and then I have one daughter who I barely say anything to and she cries. And so, yeah. And, and that, those sort of temperaments play out in all parts of their lives. And, mm-hmm. you know, some of them um, one of them is so much more insecure than the other one. And typically people think that's opposite. They think the one who has mm-hmm. the most insecurities wouldn't it be, but mm-hmm. they just have to get to know them. And, and so, yeah, it, it, it's tricky, especially with they all go to public school. All my kids go to public school. And so that's something that we deal with. But the Lord is helping us. But yeah, absolutely. They're all different. And it's, it's not easy. It's not for the faint of heart being a mom today.
0: <laughs> it's <laughs> certainly sure. not. It's certainly not. One of the things that came up for me when I first had my, my oldest daughter is that I am very interested in personality types. And the first personality typing, I guess, criteria that really clicked for me was the difference between being an introvert and an extrovert. Mm-hmm. And I, when I read about the characteristics of of what they say are introverted characteristics, it resonated with me so much. I was like, "This, this is what I am. This is what I've always been." And these are the words that I can now explain it. But it was not very long. <laughs> After my Mm -hmm. daughter was born, she was only a few months old when I realized, oh my, the Lord has given me an extroverted child. (laughs) And I don't Uh know how we're going to do this because all of the things that I need to like feel sane are the opposite of the things that she needs. And so it really led me into like a time of really struggling with like, Lord, am I the right person to mother this child, to like lead this child? You know, she's she's going to think that something's wrong with me. I'm not going to be fun. And so she's not going to like me. I went through all of these, all of these insecurities around the children that, you know, that God had given me. Mm -hmm. So do you have any words for moms who might be struggling with similar ideas that like, Lord, you gave me this child and I just don't even know what to do with this kid? Mm hmm.
1: Well, I think we have to remember, you know, we hear this we hear this term all the time that children are a gift from God, which is true, although sometimes I wonder um on certain days, but children <laughs> are this gift from God. But what we have to remember is, you know, so are we. God mm-hmm. gave us them
0: mm-hmm.
1: because He knew that we could handle it, mm-hmm. and he knew that we were up to the challenge. You know, God made you their mother because He knew that you could do it. And so I just think we have to just be easy on ourselves. Mm-hmm. We have to understand that they think that we are some kind of special and never ever forget that. We we are never going to be just like somebody else's mom, you know, we're never going to be like all the social media mom posts that we see that we think we have to live up to. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're never going to be that. We're, we're never going to be that. But God thought that you were fit for the job and we just have to rest assured in that and and rest easy in the fact that he knew what he was doing because you know the bottom line is when we start doubting ourselves we start doubting him because you know he's the one that put us here and he's mm-hmm. the one who gave us these children i have not one introverted child every <laughs> single one of them are the life of the party and, and every single one of them. And I, well, I know where it comes from. It comes from my husband, but, <laughs> but I, you know, I'm not, I'm not necessarily an introvert, but I do feel sometimes like, you know, they don't invite me to go buy fireworks with them. They take their dad because he buys all the things or they don't, <laughs> you know, when we stop at Bucky's, they don't take me in, they take him in because he buys all the things. And, and so I, I think that kind of you know that in in your own home that kind of plays out sometimes you just have to you know let you give them your strengths and the rest of it they'll be fine
0: yeah i i love that i kind of the lord really had to help me work through that to realize like that he didn't make a mistake like he didn't give me the wrong child and he didn't give her right. the wrong mother and that there are right. things that that are strengths of mine like there are things mm-hmm. in my introvertedness that are strengths that I can teach her and ways that I can lead her. And then there are things that I can, ways that I can grow and ways that she can help me grow, you know, (laughs) that I I don't stagnate, you know, when she was born and I'm in my thirties, you know, like there are more things for me to learn. And maybe this little person is going to be the one to help me finally break through some things that I've been struggling with my whole life. So I just, I felt like that was maybe some encouragement that somebody listening needs to hear that. Yes, We all fight these things, but the Lord knows what he's doing.
1: Yeah, well, and good for you for saying that, Jessica. I love what you said about how, you know, there are some things that she can teach me. And, mm-hmm. you know, we should never be too smart that we can't learn something from everybody or, you know, too polished. That's a great point. My kids teach me things all the time time. And I, I hope I'm smart enough to learn them, yeah. honestly. Mm-hmm.
0: Getting kind of back to the specifics of, of raising girls and some of the things that you talk through, in, I think in Beautiful You, maybe you would cover some of these things. Like I said, I haven't actually been able to attend one. So tell mm-hmm. me if I'm wrong. But I think about how one of the things that I really want to instill in my girls is to understand their worth in Christ. Because I've seen so many people, young ladies, who, whether it's in relationships or in other aspects of their lives, they settle for less than what I feel like God would want for them, whether that's in a relationship where they're just not valued or they're abused or they're neglected. And so I really want to instill in my kids this idea that they understand how valuable they are to Jesus so that they will walk in that but there's such baggage around that for a lot of mothers how do we instill something in our kids that maybe we struggle with ourselves
1: well again i i think it kind of goes back kind of to what we were talking about just a few minutes ago and that we have to understand that we are allowed to make mistakes mm. and we have to understand that god did not make any um, and his grace is always enough for us i wrote a sermon a while back about mephibosheth and he was jonathan's son and mm-hmm. um he was the one who was lame you know for for his life and he became that he became lame because the night that king david's army broke into his castle his nurse mephibosheth's nurse took him up and she ran with him to save his life but in doing so she fell Or she dropped him. The Bible doesn't exactly say how it happened, but he was made lame under her care. Mm -hmm. And even though she saved his life, he was also made a beggar at her hands. And I've read this story a hundred times, but I never really thought about it until I was writing this particular lesson, how guilty she must have felt knowing that she is the one who caused this to this little boy. Mm -hmm. You know, she loved him more than she loved life itself. But somehow she was able to forgive herself because if she hadn't, if she would have allowed, you know, guilt to consume her and not forgiven herself, Mephibosheth wouldn't have turned out to be the remarkable man that he was. Mm -hmm. And, And one of the best gifts that we can give our kids is to learn to forgive ourselves when we make mistakes. You know, the world is telling us all of the terrible things and All the wrong things that we're doing, and we're going to make mistakes. But God didn't make us perfect, you know. That's where grace and mercy come in. So I think we just—it's absolutely necessary if we're going to raise healthy kids who are comfortable and happy in their own skin, like you were saying, and 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 not worried about what the world is thinking and the pressures that they're putting on them—is we have to be happy with ourselves first, because our kids pick up on that stuff so quickly. I read an article a while back, and it got my attention because the first, the first sentence in this article was, "'I remember the day I found out my mother was ugly.'" and she goes on to say that up until that day when she was seven years old she always thought her mom was the most beautiful woman in the world and and she remembered going through old pictures and there was this one in particular where her mom was in this white outfit and she was so beautiful and and she was so glamorous and she was just smiling the most beautiful smile and and, and then one day she says she even found that white outfit, set back in her mom's closet, and she would just dream about the day when she was big enough to, to wear it and and be as beautiful as the most beautiful woman in the world, her mother. And then she goes on to write that and until one day she realized that her mother was not the most beautiful woman in the world. In fact, she said she wasn't pretty at all. Mm. She was ugly, and, and she was fat, and she was stupid. And this little girl never knew any of these things about her mother until she heard her mom say it. Hmm. And I thought that was the most powerful thing that I have read on this subject because, you know, sometimes, you know, our hair doesn't fix right. And, you know, the pounds don't come off like, like we want them to. And there are more lumps and bumps than we care to admit. But our kids are staring up at us and they think we're supermodels. And we should not be the ones that tell them any differently because if they ever understand that we don't like who we are or we don't think we're good enough and we're feeling the need to change ourselves and the way that we look and the way that we behave because we're trying to, you know, please somebody else. Well, then that's what they're going to learn and and they're going to figure out that they're not good enough either. And and they're going to learn that God didn't do a good enough job, job on them, which of course we know is not true. So I think, Jessica, sometimes, and for anybody who's listening, if you're having one of these days, you just, you know, you wear that messy hair like you meant to do it. Loosen up the belt if you have to, but put a smile on your face and just go ahead and let your kids think you're Wonder Woman because whether you're a new mom or you're a grandmother or an aunt or a, a leader in general, somebody is looking up at us and somebody is learning from us. And our girls in particular. And and we cannot ever take that lightly. You know, we should always be careful how we talk about ourselves in front of our kids. Mm -hmm. And, And, you know, I think another way to combat what the world is trying to teach our kids is we have to instill the word of God in them. Right. That's very basic, but teach it to them. They have to know what they know. And surround them with, with people who are positive influences in their lives and situations that are positive situations in their lives. And sometimes that's not always easy to do. You know, sometimes we have to cut people from our lives and it's not it's not the easiest thing to do. In fact, it's really hard, but it's worth it in the end. And we do struggle with things ourselves, but sticking to knowing who we are in God. And being able to let grace come in and do its thing in our lives is the most powerful thing that we can do for our kids. Be comfortable with ourselves so we can teach it to our girls.
0: Yeah, it's a lot of working through our own stuff. It's making me think back to the episode that I did with Sister Val Hughes talking about dealing with our own shame and letting the Lord deliver Mm -hmm. us from that. Mm -hmm. So that we don't pass down those internal negative messages that we're telling ourselves Absolutely. Because if they're if they're repeating in our heads all the time, and and I've found this to be true, in a weak moment, it comes out directed at our kids, even though, like you said, we know good and well that they are the most beautiful and perfect things that God ever created. And there's not one single thing wrong with them. Yes. If that's the internal dialogue that we're listening to all the time, eventually it's going to come out and they're going to hear it and they're going to pick up on it because they pick up on things so fast (laughs) don't they oh so fast (laughs) Mm.
1: yes well you know in the church there's this has been in the past this stigma in getting help Because I know that I have lived a very blessed life and people have lived through things and have been through some junk, Mm -hmm. you know, and they need help. And there's nothing wrong with getting help. You can have a therapist and be filled with the Holy Ghost at the same time if Mm -hmm. that is what you need. You know, God can change all things in an instant. Absolutely. Absolutely. He can. I believe that. But sometimes we just need help. Mm -hmm. And we have got to get ourselves right before we can help anybody else, especially our kids,
0: because they see everything. Yep. It just goes back to what you were saying about the dual necessity for the spiritual experience and then the knowledge. And sometimes Mm -hmm. we gain that knowledge by sitting down with somebody who understands more about the way our brains work and can help us, you know, piece that stuff out so that we're not just stuck in the muck of it and we can't find our way out
1: hmm And objectivity is a powerful thing, having someone who can just look at your situation and and you, you're like, oh, okay. I did not think of it that way because yep. I'm too
0: close to it. Yes. <laughs> For sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Well, we've talked a lot about daughters. And so anyone who's listening to us who doesn't have daughters may be thinking, none of this applies to me. <laughs> uh huh. But you also have a son. And so I, I was do. curious. Are the messages that we send our daughters different than the ones we send our sons? Because the world would tell us right now they're moving towards a point in time where they would say like, nope, just you don't even tell kids if they're boys or girls. You just teach them all the same thing. And obviously we don't believe that. But how are the messages that we're sending our sons different? And what do you hope that boys are learning about how to interact with girls in our society? You know, I hope...
1: That we are, first of all, my son is different than my daughter, and I'm okay with that. There are things that he is good at that they will never be good at. He's stronger. Mm -hmm. You know, he's different. And I I don't necessarily think messages, sending different messages is a bad thing to our our boys and our girls. In fact, our sons and daughters. Uh, No, I I say we celebrate those differences, like you said, because Mm -hmm. we want to make sure that the world knows We do believe they are different and they're wonderful at opposite ends of the spectrum and they are not supposed to be the same. I don't like the way our world seems to be blaming a lot of things on our men Mm -hmm. as of late, you know, um, suppressing women and, you know, and it's like they get the bad rap for everything, And I have to have very real conversations with my son that, no, this is not fair, but you have to be very careful about everything you do concerning girls and women. And I'm not even talking about um, girls necessarily in the church, but just in general, you know, and I'm sorry, it's that way, but you do, you have to be above reproach and I'm sorry, you have to be, but you do because just one little thing can, can ruin the whole, you know, path of their life, life as far as the world is concerned. Mm. So I think that's something we have to be um, aware of. Now, things I hope that boys are learning concerning my baby girls, <laughs> um, I hope they're learning respect. I hope somebody is teaching them to respect them, to honor them. I hope somebody is teaching them that it's okay to want to take care of my girls of girls in general, of women. I think men and boys should be learning that if there is a job to be done, if there is work to do, they should be the first ones up and doing it. Um, Not that girls shouldn't be working too. I don't mean that. I just mean that a boy should be taught. I hope boys are being taught concerning women that it's not okay to be lazy. Um, Men when you become when they become family men this is what we've always told our son and i hope i hope that we've modeled in our marriage you are going to be a leader mm. you are going to be the spiritual guide for your home the spiritual temperature from your home should come from you i hope that boys understand that every one of these little girls have somebody who loves them they should have somebody who loves them and the way they treat them is going to directly affect their parents. Mm.
0: I'll
1: tell you what we when Carter was just in in the third grade uh, we got a call from the school about him which was not usual he was a very easy child always has been um, but he uh, got in trouble because he kissed a little girl in the playground mm-hmm. and what bothered him the most about the whole scenario when my husband got onto him was he said, Carter, I hope that Mr. Hall does not call that little girl's dad, because I tell you what I would do if Mr. Hall called me and somebody had kissed my daughter, I'd be up at the school wanting to know which little boy was kissing on my daughter. (laughs) And that bothered him so badly, you know? And so I hope that people are teaching their kids that, you know, these girls have people who love them and and that makes a difference. I I hope that boys are learning violence is not okay. Mm. I hope that parents of boys are careful about what their boys are watching and the video games that they're playing. I hope that parents are having candid conversation with their sons about pornography.
0: Mm.
1: I hope that they are telling them that this is not normal, that when they see pornography and they will, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Mm -hmm. Our sons and our daughters, I'm afraid. It's a matter of when I hope that we show them some uh, grace and we don't rake them over the coals as badly as we want to and mm-hmm. as much as it hurts us because they need to understand that that's not what sex is about. That's not normal. That's not real life. Mm-hmm. I hope someone is teaching them that. Yeah. I hope someone's teaching our boys like we taught our son. I hope we have that women can be more successful than they are (laughs) women can be smarter than they are women can have um i don't know if this is the word i want to use but for lack of a better one i'll say more significant um success in roles in the church than they do Mm. and that's okay and they have a place too and it is their job if they end up with a woman who is a go-getter in these areas to be proud of her and to support her and to help her be successful in the calling that God has called her to do. I will say that about Micah Wisdom, as he has never made me feel like anything that I'm doing has threatened him. Mm -hmm. He has never made me feel like anything that I have ever done has uh, made him feel like he's on a back burner. He has been my biggest, biggest cheerleader the whole way. And I hope that we are teaching our sons to do that for the women in their lives, Um, because it goes both ways. Yeah. When men respect their wives, then the wives respect their husbands and it goes both ways. Yeah. I hope that we're teaching our boys to be confident in who they are. So many things, talk nicely, be courteous, all of the things A million, a million and one things that these wonderful
0: boys.
1: (laughs) As I said, the world, the world right now is um, kind of giving men a bad rap, it seems. And I, I hate that because um, God has an order of things. And I'm sure that's why it's happening because, you know, God does have an order of the way life should be and marriage. And, and when we work under that umbrella, it's such a beautiful thing. So uh, I hope we're teaching our boys to, To navigate that,
0: yeah, I love that. I think all of it goes back to that. Just instruction: Are we instructing both our boys and our girls to look at what the word says just about being a Christian? Absolutely. You know, I we did an episode early, early episode number two. We were talking about uh, women in the ministry, and you know, it's a controversial topic in some circles. And the thing that stands out to me the more I read about quote unquote you know men's and women's roles is that there's not a whole lot in the New Testament that really distinguishes between men and women. There are a few mm-hmm. places and they're, and they're important, but the vast majority of the instruction is just for Christians. And how mm-hmm. are we treating each other? And that includes, you know, how you're treating your husband, how you're treating your wife, how you're treating your children. And so I think it's so good when we start talking about making sure that our kids know the word and making sure that, that we're teaching them how much God loves them and what He expects out of all of us—not just because you're a boy or because you're a girl, but because you're a child of God—and this is how we. This is how we live. This is how we interact.
1: Yeah, this is how we treat each other. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. And and you know it's it's just so it, it's such a beautiful thing. And it, it, you know it, just talking about the the marriage relationship in particular, every, every single day that we live our lives you know, it's, it's consistency and it's letting them see how we treat each other and how we speak to each other and how we speak to them, you know, our children even. Mm. And it's just every day. And and it's hoping that they learn when they go outside of these walls that this is how I'm going to treat other people. This is how I'm going to love other people. And you're absolutely right, Jessica. It's just basic being a Christian.
0: Mm. And, um, sometimes we get caught up in being uh Pentecostal
1: or apostolic, and we forget about being a Christian, you know it's just <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those things mm-hmm. and uh, so we can't forget that you yeah. know if i if I can pass one thing on to my kids, it's
0: just basic Bible, love God and love people Yeah, love people. well, I love this, this has been so good. I've got stuff to think about. You've given me a lot to think about. And I know you're, you've given our listeners a lot to think about. And I'm so appreciative that you were able to come on and chat with me about this. Before we wrap up, our final question of the show is always the same. Okay. Our show is called Good Question. So we always ask, what is a good question that you're asking yourself lately?
1: Okay. I thought long and hard about this, Jessica. I, the, the good question I have for myself In is why can I not have more vacations? (laughs) We, I feel like at this stage in my life, with four children, one of them just graduated from high school. I'm pastoring, I'm not pastoring a church, he's pastoring a church. I'm helping, you know, I feel like I'm doing a million of the things. It's the most stressful time I feel like maybe I'm ever going to have in my life. And how do I afford to have more vacations that I'm having? That is the good question. There we How go. How do we do this? I, I feel like I do this one every other
0: every other month.
1: <laughs> At yes. least.
0: Well, we'll we'll see if we can get on that for you.
1: <laughs> okay. All right. I'll work, be watching for workouts. finances that
0: <laughs> and time. <laughs> yes, isn't that the the truth? It's not even always the finances. Sometimes it's just the time. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's both actually yes. but yes yes uh, oh well I hope you get at least a little mini vacation and a little bit of a rest <laughs> as the summer winds down I appreciate yeah. your time I appreciate you chatting with me and I look forward to getting to see you in person hopefully sometime this summer oh. maybe a camp meeting or sometime down the road yes please look me up I would
1: love to hug your neck uh, same girl same thank you so much for having me I've, I've enjoyed it so much
0: Friends, I hope that episode spoke to you. Whether you're a parent or not, we all have a role to play in raising the next generation. As a mom of girls, I know I am so grateful for every person in my kids' lives who reinforces the messages and teachings that I'm trying to instill in them. As moms, if you're anything like me, you got a little choked up by that reminder that how we speak about ourselves in front of our kids makes a huge impact on how they see themselves. I'm so thankful that Pebble was able to come and share her heart with us. If you'd like to connect with Pebble Wisdom, you can find her on Instagram at Pebble pebbledwisdom. You can also find info and get updates about the Beautiful You Conference at beautifulyou.ok. As always, we'd love to chat with you on social media. You can find us on Instagram at Good Questions Show, and I'm at Jessica Tanderup. That's Jessica T, as in Tuesday a n d e r u p you can also find our show page on facebook by searching good question with jessica tanderup podcast if you'd like to email us our email address is goodquestionshow at gmail.com this podcast is a production of good question media and is produced and hosted by me jessica tanderup my co-producer editor and the very best daddy my beautiful little girls could ever ask for is my husband dave tanderup our audio engineer is josh Powalzik. That's it for this week. We'll be back here next Tuesday with another good question. See y'all then.